Purpose Life thrives on forging meaningful connections, experiencing new things, and ultimately making a mark in whatever form that may take. Since university life has migrated to an online setup, making a mark might look different, but it doesn't make its impact and value any less meaningful. Our impact isn't something that can easily be quantified. Its value goes beyond awards and recognition. Given the current limitations caused by the pandemic, there is a need for a reframing of perspective to value the depth of our experiences, even from behind a screen. The graduating class of 2021 was able to experience this online transition towards the final leg of their college run. With the upcoming graduation for the class of 2021, discussions about legacy have arisen. It has led students to ponder on one question. What does it truly mean to make a mark, especially in these unprecedented times? Welcome to On Point, the Guidons podcast arm where we sit down and talk with the experts on issues in and beyond Loyola. Today, we will be talking to the former League of Independent Organizations or Lions coordinator and the Loyola School's most outstanding individual of academic year 2020-2021, Christina Battaglia, to discuss what it entails to make a significant and impactful mark throughout one's university stay and within one's respective circles. I'm Alia Tuprio. Let's go on point. I guess to get things started, we just wanted to know, like, while waiting for graduation, what have you been up to? What's been keeping you busy? I'm just really here at home. I'm tending to housework. I've been cooking, um, cleaning every day <laughs> because we have no we have no kasambahay um, and no parents as well. I've been cooking, cleaning, tending to my cats. My plants. I grow mushrooms, and um, I've been doing some part-time research projects. I'm not really actively working yet, or full-time. I'm been turning down a few opportunities because I just wanted to rest. Because honestly, senior year, the whole of college was very tiring <laughs> for me, <laughs> and I'm really just figuring out a lot of things right now, trying to deal with grief <laughs> and loss and thinking how I will be of purpose to the world in the next few months or so. Okay, that's nice to hear, I guess. Hope hope you cope well in the coming days and months. But anyway, with um, graduation around like two months away, many students have begun to like reminisce on their Ateneo stay. Given the current limitations, how do you feel about graduating? I wish I could tell you wonderful things. But before I could tell you happy things, I have to be honest about what sucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I've been talking to my blockmates and senior friends about this. We really just feel a lot of grief, sadness. We finished our requirements like June or July, and we are in such an awkward position. <laughs> when people ask us, oh, you graduated. Um, we're like, yeah, yeah. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, tapos na yung requirements. But we literally have no graduation photos, no diploma yet nothing to show there's no event 
And then when people ask us, okay, when's your graduation? We say, oh, October po. And they're like, ah, okay. So that means on-site and all. And we're just like, no, it's online. (laughs) So number one, how do we feel very awkward, especially if we're not working yet? Um, full of unprocessed emotions, grief, anxiety, and uncertainty. And it's been very difficult to cope with that because a lot of us went from being so caught up with thesis, with our org work, you know, having our schedules filled to the brim every day with requirements to almost nothing at all. And I have to say, you know, it's, it's a privilege to be able to have the luxury of time to even feel this way. The reality is there are some students who are forced to just graduate, get a job, earn, period. No time to rest, no time to breathe. But for some of us who have decided to take a breather, it's all just a lot of staring into the void, figuring out what the heck we're supposed to do with all this time and missing our friends uh, longing for what we could have, the experiences we could have shared, just feeling all of this with them. And now that we're back with, you know, lockdown is still here, still a quarantine, it's not easy to interact, to make friends, or to even think about these hard questions. So the online setup has definitely affected the conclusion of your college run in those specific ways. And it, it really sucks, but We just have to deal, I guess. But (laughs) at the start of your college journey, do you have like specific goals in mind that you wanted to attain by the time you graduated? And would you say you were able to achieve these goals? Reflecting on first year, I didn't really have specific target goals. I was dealing with a lot of difficult things uh, coming into college. So looking forward was not so much of my thing. But eventually, I gained some experiences, met people, and decided that I want to try as many things as possible to learn deeply and to allow myself to change. But more importantly, I wanted to make a mark in uh, the organizations that I was active in. So that's the first thing. My goal talaga was to bring purpose to life in the organizations that I served. And tell stories, listen to stories, and turn those stories into things that would make change in people's minds and and their hearts. But more concretely, of course, Elsa had academic goals. But it was not until probably the end of third year college that I decided, parang gusto kong ayusin yung grades ko. (laughs) 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 Hindi naman ayusin, but more of like, be more strategic about it. So sabi ko, you know, whatever it takes, I want to graduate with Latin honors. And I want to do my best in the degree that I shifted to. Because I wasn't always development studies. I was actually an MH for first year. So I was in JG Son. And then I shifted knowing that not everyone really, really supported it. Well, my, my family, of course, was just allowed me to. But they had their apprehensions because it's it's not really from the perspective of someone who knows now you have to earn or you know be successful someday. It doesn't exactly sound very feasible to go from a sought after management course to a social science course where earning a lot and getting a high, very sought after career is not guaranteed. So sabi ko, 
I want to prove to them that shifting to DS was the best and a good decision. And I want to show them that I'm here because I believe in what I can do and that there's a lot of good work and change that we can make in the things that I learned in DS. By the end of college, I wanted to have a better understanding of how I can serve our country and the Philippines. Because yun talaga yung nasa priority ko more than anything else. Throughout Ateneo, I learned more of what it means to be human, to be Filipino, why it is important to serve your country and your fellow people more than anything else. So I guess given that, how did your choice to shift like further develop your personal passions and life purpose as <laughs> well that makes a very existential? <laughs> right. <laughs> how do you think that the course is able to contribute to that? Bale, starting with management, no? what I was always trained to think about was that it's important to be successful by earning a lot or being at the top of the corporate food chain, working my way through there. I was very excited by the idea of entrepreneurship and marketing because diba, it's, it's a very creative scene. You're convincing more people to, to consume, <laughs> to buy, to purchase all of this. And I was really taught to believe that this is the way of success. And then I was exposed to a lot of suffering. <laughs> Human suffering personally confronted death. I, I witnessed more of what it's like to live in poverty. And the value really of not always taking part in, in our world of consumption and <laughs> capitalism and constant disregard for the poor and the environment. Going into DS made me realize that there are different ways to define success. For me, it's not about having a high-paying career. It's not about being liked, respected because of your degree. <laughs> to be frank, I didn't want to attach my worth to a course that just had the word honors in it. I wanted to earn my honor. I wanted, more importantly, to serve, understand what it means to, to live a purposeful life by living for other people. Yan. Pagkakaiba ng perspective sa buhay ko at kung paano mamumuhay sa mundong ganito. You mentioned earlier then that your blockmates and your, your batchmates have definitely helped. You guys have been going through this whole experience of graduating online together. In what ways would you say your course mates or even your profs have inspired you? I think number one talaga, it all goes back to understanding that there are various perspectives to see certain problems, to understand the world. You're not supposed to just be constrained to how you see things. We live in a world of different social statuses, different experiences, ideologies, worldviews, really. And it's important that we're not confining ourselves to what we already know, to how to our own interpretation of 
a problem. Kasi hindi lang naman yung sarili nating perspektibong magbibigay ng tamang solusyon. And given the acknowledgement that you have different perspectives, this should push us to engage in dialogue, in conversation, in understanding. The only way that we will get to solutions that everyone has ownership over is if we learn how to talk about it efficiently. If your goal is not to win over another person or to impose your power and dominance over another group, but more of to reach an understanding, to empathize and know what it's like on the other side. That's why when me and my, my blockmates and we reflect on our experiences now, no, nakikita namin kung paano talaga kami nagbago bilang mga DS students. Like for example, I remember start of my fresh year, I was so Catholic. <laughs> no, no, I don't, I don't mean that as a bad thing, huh? It's uh-huh. a good thing. But I had my set of values and perspectives on the right way of dressing up, thinking about marriage, sexuality, of life in general. When I got to talk to my blockmates about these things, that's when I realized, hey, uh, a lot of the things na akala ko ay dapat na normal na pag-iisip ay pwede rin palang maiba. Hindi lang yung karanasan ko ang tama. Like for example, it really is possible to have a family that is not simply mom, dad, kids, dog. <laughs> and it doesn't always even have to be the people you're related to um, biologically. And that I learned so much more about gender and sexuality, no? And also how that fits into our ideas of religion. That we don't always have to conform to what the religious institutions are, are, are teaching us, diba? Going back to the original question, one way of seeing is also another way of not seeing. And be humbled by that realization. Because when you know that you are not perfect and that your perspective is not the only way of approaching things, that's where you have the courage to reach out for help. To ask, what have I yet to understand? What do I need to know? And how can we work together? So we could come to a viable solution. I guess given all that you've said, and even previously, with shifting into DS and all the different things that you've learned, do you think the reason you shifted and chose DS was fulfilled now that you've completed your degree? Were your expectations met on what you expected from the course? I don't think I can answer that yet completely. I'd like to say I'm very happy you know, with being here. Kasi really, even the graduates, the alumni are so inspiring. And honestly, ako nahihiya ako. Kasi pakiramdam ko, hindi ko pa na ma-maximize ang mga natutunan ko. Honestly, because of the pandemic, tinsan nga naisip ko, parang complete ba talaga yung natutunan ko? <laughs> Siyempre, what what our teachers would would tell us naman is, May ganyan talaga. <laughs> Hindi naman in a nonchalant na ganyan talaga. But more of, don't be so fixated on what you don't have and didn't learn. But let that push you 
to continue learning more and, and to learn by doing. Would I say na na gawa ko na lahat? Of course not. Hindi <laughs> talaga. They call the ceremonies commencement exercise for a reason. Nagsisimula pa lang talaga lahat. And I acknowledge na coming out of Ateneo, I am really back to square one. I'm allowing myself to be a zero. Ayokong dalhin yung mga award or labels na ibinigay sa akin kasi hanggang doon na lang sa college yun. Ang turo sa akin talaga is to be humble and to be humbled, I'm coming back to square one. I am allowing myself to be open to new perspectives, new experiences, and really my quote-unquote DS journey is only beginning. And that's okay if I'm back to square one. You mentioned earlier and like how you valued your stay in the different organizations that you were active in, namely Lions, Ateneo Code, and the Gaidon. Uh, what made you choose these specific organizations? Okay, starting siguro with Ateneo Code. So, Consultants for Organization Development and Empowerment. It was the first org that really shaped me starting first year. Kasi very oriented towards you know leadership training, facilitating learning experiences, organization development, um, having a very strategic, even scientific approach to making change happen in organizations and even in people. So it's both behavioral and structural change, positive change. So the reason why I, I love their number one is the culture of learning. We never put each other down for not knowing anything. We had this attitude of helping each other grow. Yung philosophy namin is always to empathize and to really see what we can do with the broken things, seemingly broken things, and propose, actively propose solutions for it. And it's in code where I learned the art of asking questions, the power of dialogue, conversation, and storytelling, and turning that into opportunities for change. So we learned together, no? how to turn their insecurities about themselves into power so that they could turn the problems that they see in their schools, in their orgs, into something positive. So coming from Ateneo Code, I took the art of asking questions, confronting problems, into, gui- in the, into the guidon. So sabi ko, I don't want to be confined to just org community. I wanted to learn more about what's happening in Ateneo, even outside. And then I joined, I joined Intercession after first year. And then, sobrang nakakatawa kasi I think the Gaidon challenged me, pushed me to continue expanding my perspectives to meet people and to go after stories that expose harsher realities on other people. And at the same time, as an, as an org, I, I love the Gaidon kasi yung anap, napakarami ko rin natutunan. It's also like a family. The org was so, so filled with such talented and passionate people na ang kagaling magsulat, ang galing mag-edit. <laughs> and, and my previous editors taught me to sharpen my opinions kasi sobrang 
hindi ako brave uh, sa pag-speak ng ideas ko, ng mind ko. And coming into conversations with um, fellow campus journalists in the Gaidon, I, I learned no, what it means to make a stand, to form an opinion, to develop well-shaped angles to a story. And finally, Lions, gosh, the League of Independent Organizations. Is this the most pleasant surprise of a college journey? Because I encountered Lions through my guide on work. As in, I wasn't even part of Lions Org. But I saw the sectoral representation campaign in MVT building once. And sabi ko, parang this is an important story to tell. Kasi we're talking about normally underprivileged student sectors who are finally organizing to be represented in the student body. Why isn't anyone covering this? Uh, we have to talk about why this is important. I, I, I talked to my editors, can, can, I make a, can I make a video report about this? As in, ako na bahala. Ako na mag-battle plan. I, I don't need anyone else's assistance. Basta trust me. So I did it. I made a coverage of the sectoral representation campaign. And then I met the leads of each sector. The, and then the lead of Lions happened to be my good friend in code. See how everything comes in full circle. <laughs> the the coordinator back then happened to be my good friend in code. She's Pia Zulweta. And then through our conversations, no, I learned more about what you do and how it connects to my first love, which is organization development and storytelling. And then I realized, go, I feel like this would be an interesting place to serve in. So I ran, <laughs> coordinator. <laughs> They elected me. Well, wala kalaban noon. And then I went on another term uh, during COVID times. Really, what kept us going is the belief that the independent orgs in Lions have so much potential and that there's so much more that we could do to serve them. Kasi ang laki-laki ng potential and impact nila in and out of Ateneo. I'm a kind of person who is motivated and who is powered by things that are not working. <laughs> At the end of it all, no, especially with Lions, I don't think that everything that I wanted to accomplish was done. But really what it means to make a mark is if you're able to pass on these dreams, this passion, and these values to the next set of students. And I can see that in the newly elected leaders of Lions um, who are continuing to ask the necessary questions and to figure out ano pa yung pwede natin gawin para sa si independent org community. And that in itself for me, I think is an accomplishment if the next batch of leaders are willing to take on that challenge. Well, you've said like a lot of things and basically summed it all up. I wanted to ask, how has org involvement contributed to your college experience? Number one, through the kind of mindset I have now, organizations kasi have visions, missions, and purposes. And through these experiences, natutunan ko yung importance of having a growth mindset and always seeking to always seeking to be of purpose of help and you know uh, to, to other people mindset and work ethic really important yan lalo na 
Lalo na yung career. Siyempre, you learn how to manage projects, how to keep yourself effective and responsive to, to problems that come your way. But I think what's really, really valuable to me are the friendships. There are bonds that you develop with people in your orgs that you can't that you don't just find in your block or your course meets. Kasi joining orgs talaga, you get to meet lifelong friends and even potential workmates in the future. <laughs> Kasi you, you, you develop relationships, you go through good and bad times together. Right now, there are a lot of students who are asking me, Tina, should I just give up my org work, leadership work, so I could take an internship or just focus on my ACADs? And um, my bias advice is really try the orgs out, especially if the advocacy resonates with you. Kasi dyan talaga mahuhubog yung personality, yung character mo. And that's where you can develop your, your leadership capacities. And more importantly, to sharpen your understanding of what kind of impact or advocacy you want to champion as the years go by. Do you think that your participation has impacted these orgs, the members, even in small and simple ways? I'd like to think that the answer is yes. Undergrads who I talk to message me and, and say that what we've the work that we've done together has allowed them to be very empathetic people who serve and do things with with love and, and passion for the things that they are dedicated to. So satingin ko, satingin ko naman ata. <laughs> <laughs> with all the major adjustments that you had to make with the online setup, how are you able to make the most out of it? How are you able to manage your time between all of your commitments and ACADs therein? Number one, you know, making most of your time, it's remembering that someday you will pass away. (laughs) Okay, so it sounds kind of morbid, but I'm the type of person who likes to make the most out of each day and to to live in the present because I know that I'm not going to live forever. (laughs) So yun, number one is memento mori, the stoic philosophy. Remembering na your time on earth is borrowed. And you always have to be mindful of the things that you say, what you do, how you are to live your life. And that 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 led me to always have structure in my days. But really, how you make the most out of the time you have here on earth is if you remember that life that I have and that you have is a gift and we are on borrowed time and we cannot afford to waste it. It reminds me to take care of our friendships, our relationships, to be intentional about allowing ourselves to grow in the hopes that someday when I'm on my deathbed and I, and I look back at everything, I'll know that even if I didn't live forever, I'd like to believe that the love that was given me and that I gave was enough, even more than enough. And I hope, I just hope that God will be pleased. 
please. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Just, just the, just the back, a back context of what about, you know, mortality so much. It's not in a morbid thing, but um, I told you that we don't have our parents anymore. Um, both of them, my, my, my mom, my mom and dad passed away. So everything that I do is they really just have their spirit living in me and to to have their legacy still <laughs> be here in our house. So I, I want to love as much as possible and to make sure na lahat ng ginagawa ko may dadalhing mabuti <laughs> sa ibang tao. Sorry to hear about your parents, but I guess being intentional is definitely something that we have to keep in mind, especially now that interactions and conversations with people don't just happen because you're sitting beside each other anymore. Like You have to be intentional about forming relationships and talking to people, talaga, especially with everything that's going on. While it may vary person to person, what do you think it truly means to make a mark throughout one's university stay? You make a mark in your university stay by remembering that you are in this college to learn, not just for yourself, but for your family, your community, and our country. And that means allowing yourself to change, to make a change and be changed by your experiences. I remember there's this former CH of CODE. He's an alumnus now um, serving in government. And he told me, let Ateneo surprise you. Let Ateneo surprise you. And not just Ateneo, no? let God and let our community surprise you. So, how that ties in, in in making a mark is remembering that you are a human being endowed with purpose, with a gift, with unique identity and skills. And um, everything that you do, the things that you say, you have to be mindful about what you're going to leave behind in the places that you go to, in the people that you talk to, because you're never going to know. You don't know if that is going to be a significant part of your journey. To make a mark entails an understanding of your value as a person, your unique identity. And having enough love and generosity in your heart to not keep it to yourself. To be intentional about bringing it into your class, your organizations, your family, and your community. Honestly, it doesn't have, even have to be a huge thing. You don't need a leadership position, a significant career label or award to know that you've made a mark. It all comes down to knowing that you've done your best to love and to care for other people, even in the smallest of ways. And that can mean offering a listening heart, offering your 
time, your space for a friend, especially in these times. I hope that you know na everything that you do matters. And even if you feel like you're not seen or you're not heard or that you're not worth listening to, you still matter. Mahalaga ka, lalo na sa mata ng ibang tao. And I want to keep emphasizing that because far too many people think that their, their words can't make an impact on other people. I guess a way for you to sum it up. As you transition from university life and slowly, slowly into the workforce, what advice would you give students as they make meaningful connections and impactful decisions amid these extraordinary and unprecedented times? Three things. <laughs> My advice. Take it with a grain of salt. I'm not the expert. And this is just based on my experiences. <laughs> so number one is please take care of your mental health, your mental well-being. I learned over the course of this pandemic that mental health is something that we should take seriously. It's like, like our physical selves. I respectfully acknowledge, though, that living in the Philippines, it's not easy <laughs> to have good <laughs> mental health. There were definitely a lot of times where I would do all of these mental health, well-being, time management strategies and still feel so helpless and powerless. And I remember it's not an individual problem anymore. It's a collective social problem. And that's why it's important to be part of communities, organizations, where you could, you know, work together to address these issues and know that addressing the problems of our society is not something that you can do alone. Number two is remember why you started. Remember why you're here in Ateneo. Along the way, it can get very cloudy. Your why and your purpose for things will get lost. But remember that whys do not disappear. Perhaps they just change. They evolve. So with that, allow yourself to evolve and to, to change, essentially. And that comes with your, you know, the new experiences that you encounter and the perspectives that make you change your mind. At the end of the day, remember your why. That means purpose. And it's not supposed to be just uh, for what, but really for who. To think of people, of places, and not just a concrete, uh, not just an abstract idea out there. And the third is, I take this from a from the words of my one of my favorite poets, Rainer Maria Rilke. Be patient towards all that is unsolved in your heart and try to love the questions themselves, like locked rooms and like books that are now written in a very foreign tongue. Do not now seek the answers which cannot be given you because you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything. Live the questions now. Perhaps you will then gradually, without noticing it, live along some distant day into the answer. I talk a lot about evolution and change. And I, sh I shared this because a lot of us are facing uncertainty. But Rilke reminds us that 
not everything needs to have an answer. And uncertainty is not always a bad thing. In fact, it pushes us to grow and to take steps forward, even in the dark. So just to wrap it all up, I know that it, it can be very challenging now to find joy and to find the light. But I hope that doesn't stop any of us from trying to seek the good and the light. You never know in the practice of seeking it, you will find that it's already there, even inside of you. And on that note, thank you, Tina, for sharing your insights and experience with us. Once again, congratulations on your upcoming graduation and your various recognitions as well. We wish you the best of luck as you continue to create meaningful change beyond the Loyola schools. That's all for this episode of On Point, the Guidance podcast arm where we sit down and talk with the experts on issues in and beyond Loyola. Special thanks to our executive producers Samantha Onglatko and Martin Ramos, as well as our producers Tatiana El Maligro, Andrea Micaela Llanes, Neil R. Reyes, and Beatrice C. Reyes. This episode was edited by Yana Luis Padilla. Our cover art is by Tiffany Koo, and our theme music is brought to you by Vivid Productions. This has been Alia Tuprio. Thank you for going on point with us.